0: That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host. Zach by and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast reacting to yet another Denver Nuggets. W 118 109 over the Dallas Mavericks in ball arena that propels the Nugs to a record of 41 and 18 and a whopping 27 and four in Denver. Are you freaking kidding me? By the way. Two of those four games in the loss column at home, Jokic didn't play in. So in games that Jokic has played in at home, the Nuggets are 27-2. and two. Insane. Absurd. The beat goes on. And that's really where we're at with Jokic. Another triple-double, the beat goes on. Another win at home, the beat goes on. I mean, this is just turned into uh, a casual uh, Jokic Wednesday night. 14 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. The 21st triple-double of the season for Jokic. 21, pre-All-Star break. No one in the National Basketball Association has more triple-doubles than Jokic. And when he notches a triple-double, the Nuggets are 21-0. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. Add that to the uh, MVP resume. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, The very relevant uh, straw poll that Tim Bontemps put together uh, once again. But if you want to draw the most direct line of any NBA player's success and how it correlates to their team's success, there you have it in Sharpie. When Jokic registers a triple-double, the Nuggets win. In fact... More history was made last night in this exact department. Jokic now has, or the Nuggets now have, won 25 straight games when Jokic has a triple-double. That is now the most consecutive team wins when a player has a triple-double in NBA history. Who did he pass? Magic effing Johnson. And the Los Angeles Lakers from 84, 85, 86, 87, all right? Which is, I think, noteworthy, that I just had to name four years. That was the duration of time. That was the window of time uh, that we have to pull from for this record. Jokic, (laughs) Jokic just did it, like in the last four weeks of last season and pre-All-Star break this season. Don't have to uh, quote four different seasons or at least three there. So, more history was made. Jokic now has 97 triple doubles. Remarkable. He is now nine triple doubles behind LeBron James for fifth most in NBA history, guys. He's 27 years old. Actually, he's about to be 28. By the time you're listening to this, he might be 28 because we have about a week off, and this is going to be our last episode. Uh, We're going to take the all-star break uh, with the guys. Jokic doesn't get a break because he's going to Salt Lake. Um, But Jokic's birthday is actually uh, in three days from now, on February 19th. So he's about to turn 28, but still, to put 97 triple doubles in your pocket before your 28th birthday. Like what if I what if I told you that on draft night as a Taco Bell commercials on the on the screen like hey yeah that guy that's scrolling at the bottom of your screen that 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 kid from Serbia he'll have more triple doubles than Larry Bird, James Harden, uh, and Wilt Chamberlain before he turns 28. Like what the hell? <laughs> and and the fact that he's um it kind of does it unassumingly is just uh, it's just a, f- a flat out um, just hysterical, hysterical feature of uh, him and his game. But it was another W uh, sending the uh, Mavericks to 31 and 29. You go into the All-Star break on a three game win streak. Uh, you go into the All-Star break with the most wins in the, um, the history of pre-All-Star break and you have the best start uh, through this amount of games in any season in the history of of the Denver Nuggets. They are 41 and 18. That means they have played 59 games and won 41 of them. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. There's a handful of things I want to get to from Wednesday night's game as we send you off into the uh, all-star break. Um Michael Porter Jr was fantastic. He was flat out fantastic. Shot 50% from the field, 5 of 10 from 3 finished with 22 points was a plus 12 MPJ is rounding into form both from a production standpoint as a player but also physically and we've detailed this really over the last two weeks I know we spent some time talking about a single possession where he cut baseline and caught a two-hand lob uh from uh from Jokic about a week and a half ago uh we talked about a uh, off the dribble move that he had uh against uh the Charlotte Hornets three games back against um uh one of the Martin boys and I forget who it is it's Cody uh I think it's Cody Mar- Martin that he took off the bounce and just sort of muscled his way to the basket used his physicality put his shoulder into him got to right in front of the rim and finished over the defender now that's just basketball stuff for a guy uh, that has his skill set but he had taken steps back physically. And that's why we made a highlight of this. Is like he is becoming more and more comfortable with his own body. His body is becoming more confident. And if you're watching the Nuggets as closely as I am, you're seeing this, and it'll pop up like once or twice a game. He'll come down the lane and throw it down with authority. Well, yeah, Zach, he's 6'11 with an open dunk. Well, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. We were... not Seeing Michael Porter Jr. like fly around, we we just we weren't seeing that. We weren't seeing that, and we're seeing that now. So he's played 42 games this season. He started 42 games this season. Yeah, he missed some time, but since coming back, really in the last two weeks, he is rounding a corner. And he had another move last night that was a euro step. I forget the def- uh, defender that uh, he went around. Uh, who was it there? <laughs> I I forget who it was. Might've been Bullock, I think. Um, But, but just, you know, he looked like he was um, like, um, like galloping on his way to the hoop. And that was what was so enticing about this guy um, as a prospect. It was the way he moved in addition to the size and the shooting. Now the shooting hasn't gone anywhere. Um, He's, he's shooting the hell out of it. If you pull up his uh, game log on ESPN or basketball reference, You're seeing a guy who has made multiple threes for like three straight weeks in every game. Uh, This is going back to Friday, uh, January 20th. Three threes, five threes. I'm talking about threes made here. Three threes, five threes, three threes, five threes, threes, three threes, two threes, four threes, three threes, two threes. Five threes, five threes. He's made 10, 10, three pointers in the last two games. So when you look at the numbers that he's putting up, uh, 22, 17, 14, 30, 22, 23, 17, like this dude is, he's, he's been a consistent version of himself, but here's what's like as most encouraging as all this stuff it, of all of it, it's all coming naturally He's playing within himself and the Nuggets offense. He is not trying to like, okay, Jamal's not playing tonight. Aaron Gordon's not playing tonight. And that's been the case here uh, recently. Like, oh, let me let me go into business for myself. No, it's all coming within the organic nature of the Nuggets offense. And he's being uh, a, or been a beneficiary of it by just being a part of it and not... You know, thinking that he has to be, you know, the head of the snake on any given possession. I'm seeing a guy play within himself, and the game and the basketball gods reward him for doing so. So very encouraged what I'm seeing from Michael Porter Jr. Um, what else here? Uh, Vlatko, Vlatko. We spent um, a chunk on him in the most previous episode. I thought he was a major part of the Nuggets' most recent win in Miami um, uh, this past week where he went for 10 points, 4 for 6 shooting, but had two signature blocks in the fourth quarter that propelled the Nuggets to that win. He's had a great setup of Bruce Brown in the fourth quarter uh, who knocked down a big three. So he was just he had a great fourth quarter and You know, when you win that game by six, I don't even know if you win that game without him. But it was more consistent minutes from Vlatko. Uh, 25 minutes. He was five for 11 from the floor. You know, didn't have the shot going. Missed a wide open layup that Jokic gave him. Um, It wasn't perfect. But on the whole, that guy um, is just freaking making plays. Just flat out making plays, whether it's in the form of a defensive stop or you know, um, uh, uh, get into the free throw line, make it an extra pass. He's just playing really, really well right now. So Vlatko, believe it or not, has been in double figures for the Nuggets in four of the last five games. So I love to see it. He goes into the break with incredible momentum. He's firmly a part of the playing group and it's paid dividends uh, for that decision. So um, I, I continue to buy more Vlatko stock. I was not a Vlatko guy. Um, leading up to this specific period. I just didn't see enough of real evidence that he could be a part of a playing group of a team that's trying to win. And although I'm not all the way there, I certainly am coming around. Uh, KCP, uh, fantastic. Uh, Again, three for six from three, 14 points. Did KCP get snubbed in the All-Star weekend? Three-point contest. Should KCP have been in the three point contest the answer is yes of course <laughs> of course this isn't that hard to follow kcp what is he um in uh in 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 three point field goal percentage right now he's like third in the nba guys shooting 45% from 3 45% and he he shoots a bunch of threes now does he shoot the most threes no But KCP's getting up, like, uh, four a game. So is he he taking, you know, 11 a game, like Steph? Is he taking 10 a game, like LaMelo? No, but he's doing it more efficiently than any of those guys. So while, like, you can do this in more than one way. Like, you can take, like, the volume three-point shooter and have a top three you know, statistically um, making three-point shooters and have them in the same contest. Like, there's multiple ways to do this. Oh, especially when that guy, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, plays for the one seed. <laughs> like, again, this shouldn't be that hard. I, I have no idea what the um, intricacies of that process and what goes into it and, you know, what those conversations are like. So I won't pretend. But, um, yeah, you can, if you're a Nuggets fan and you're a little bit frustrated that KCP's not in the three-point contest, yeah, the, that, that that that's fair. That's fair. Now the Aaron Gordon dunk contest one, that, that doesn't do anything for me if I'm just being completely honest. And I know AG said, I'll, I'll be in the dunk contest if they put me in the all-star game. And I, 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 I appreciate that. It, it, look, if you think um, Aaron Gordon should be an all-star, you think Aaron Gordon should be an all-star. That's got nothing to do with the slam dunk contest. I almost prefer that he's not in the slam dunk contest. I know a lot of Nuggets fans would love to see it. He did it. He did it a couple times and it was a long time ago at this point. Um, I just think that ship has sailed. He's not going to do anything in the slam dunk contest uh, that would be more impressive than he already did. Uh, what was it? Five, six, seven years back now, whatever it was. Um, and, you know, just the risk for injury, those guys the, you're not like, you know, lubricated up as in like, it's the middle of the second quarter. Uh, you know, I just, I'm totally good with him not being in the slam dunk contest. Now, if you think Aaron Gordon should have been a starter or, or excuse me, not a starter, um, in the all star game, um, that's fair. I mean, that, that's, 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 I'm, I'm not going to tell you um, that's not a fair take. Um, looking at it completely pragmatically, meaning without emotion, um, does he legitimately have an all star case? Yes, I think he does. Uh, am I upset that he didn't make it? No. He's averaging uh, 17 points and um, seven rebounds. He's had a great season. I thought, um, even with Jamal coming on in the last uh, few weeks leading up to his um, time off here, and we'll talk about that here in a second, I still think uh, in general, Aaron Gordon's been the second best player uh, for the Nuggets this season with a broad stroke. Um, and um, but I'm okay with I, I don't I don't think I'm not going to die on that hill is what I'm trying to say. Aaron Gordon all star game snub, okay, he's averaging 17 and seven for the one seed. There's a case, but uh, I'm I'm again not going to die on that hill. But I will say this, I will say this, if you are an MVP voter and you have uh, takes on the All-Star game, if you don't have any other nugget going to the All-Star game, I think you have to cast your vote for Jokic for MVP. How, how, how could those two things not live in the same universe? This is a team that has the best start in franchise history through 59 games and is five games ahead of the two seed in the Western Stinking Conference. If you're telling me they don't have a second All Star, that's fine. Just don't tell me Jokic is an MVP. You can't have it both ways, period. Can't have it both ways. And Jokic will be the MVP. Let's talk about. Let's just go to it right now. Uh, Tim Bombtemps, who he and I are in the same fantasy football league, believe it or not, Um, he conducts this straw poll every single year and it's very telling and accurate and a huge indicator where things are going. That's always the case, but the straw poll 2.0, when the finish line is in focus, it means way more than the straw poll number one. When they did the straw poll number one, when Bontemps did the straw poll number one, there was the month of December and Jokic got one first place vote. Most recently, Jokic, 77 first place Votes. Incredible. According to the odds, and I'll pull it up right now, and we've been doing this almost every single episode. uh, The proud sponsor of this podcast is our friends at Superbook Sports. The MVP odds right now, as it currently stands, it's Jokic minus 225, meaning if you wanted to win $100, you have to fork over 225 bucks. And if Jokic went on to win the MVP, you'd get your $225 bet back plus. $100 winnings. If that doesn't sound like a great deal to you, it's because it's not. Not anymore. Uh, In the month of December, he was 20-1. to All right? This thing has totally flipped. It's Jokic's to lose. And unless he gets hurt, and I believe that is the only thing that would derail Jokic from winning a third MVP is injury. If he doesn't, guys, he is going to cruise to the finish line there is a million arguments to make. You could actually take away, well, you could hear like three different arguments for Jokic to win MVP. You could take away the most impactful one and, and the other two arguments would still supersede anyone else you could bring to the table. Like period. Because you could make an entire argument on on advanced stats. You, you, you really could. And the advanced stats scream from uh, a Pike's peak that Jokic is the MVP. Take away the advanced stats. He's averaging a triple-double for the number one seed in the Western Conference. That's as raw as it gets. Russell Westbrook won an MVP single-handedly because of that statement. Only his wasn't for the number one seed in the West. I think Oklahoma City was the fourth seed that year, if I remember it correctly. So we've seen a guy in very recent history get awarded for MVP. Um, and Jokic is doing that and way more. And here's the other thing. If you are an MVP voter and you have voted for Jokic in either of the past two years, you are forced to cast that vote again because you've painted your own self in a corner. Because this version of Jokic, this version is the best that we've seen. This is a guy who right now is a top 20 scorer in the NBA, top five rebounder in the NBA, and a top three assister in the NBA. And when he decides to score on your ass, he's doing it at 63% shooting. The true shooting number is closer to 70%. We've never seen a season like this. So we're talking about the number one offense in the NBA. We're talking about a potentially the greatest offense of all time, a guy who's doing it average in a triple-double, and his success is the most direct correlation to winning example that we have in the current NBA. 21 and 0 when he gets a trip dub so it, it, this is this is becoming open and shut and the straw poll um, sort of is is representing that uh, as well the straw poll is, is telling you um, with with all likelihood again barring something unforeseen knock on something wood that's next to you and I'm trying to find some Oh, I'm gonna have to step away actually to knock on this wood hold on okay that's that Uh, Jamal Murray's knee. Michael Malone says that uh, he does not feel comfortable on it. No one's reported an actual injury. So is this a tendonitis deal? Is this a compensation deal? Is this an inflammation deal? I don't know. We talked about this uh, more extensively on the last episode of the Mile High Hoops podcast. If he is not in the mix... If he is not starting, when the Nuggets come back on the 23rd of February in Cleveland, I am going to be deeply, deeply concerned. I do not believe the Nuggets can win a championship without a player of Jamal uh, Murray's caliber. Everyone's going to have to step up, and I just don't think on the highest level, against a team like Phoenix, right? Look at their high-end talent. If they are whole, if Phoenix is whole, it is going to take everything from an ammunition standpoint that the Nuggets have to beat a team like that. And you're just not going to be able to go to war without one of your tanks. You just it's I just don't believe it to be true. It's too hard to win a championship to try to take away your second best player. Um so just from a profile standpoint for championship and title teams, they fall out of the profile that that I have to work with uh with NBA history. So and we went back through and sort of went through champion almost by champion. Um, I think it was either last week or the week before on one of those episodes. So uh, unfortunately, not enough good news to report on that front. Um, And we'll see. Maybe it's just maybe it's just a maybe it's just a a three week rest right in the middle of the season. That's what it could look like for Aaron Gordon, who's got like a rib contusion or whatever. Like he's just going to get a sweet ass rest in the middle of an NBA season. That's that's unusual. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what um, we'll see what uh, comes of this. What else? I'm just look, peeking at some of the the, uh, the the notes in my note app in my iPhone. Uh, I, I have this. I'm going to read you uh, the uh, the quote directly. First, I'll, I'll just go in order here. It says Christian Brown hustles for offensive rebound, leads to Michael Porter Jr. three. Is it just me, or does Christian Brown have? And he wasn't even credited for an offensive rebound, by the way. Uh, I'm looking at ESPN.com. Uh, Oh wait hold on a second yes he was Um, looking at Bruce Brown my bad Um, Christian Brown it feels like once a game has an offensive rebound that either gives the Nuggets a new possession like last night when it led to a Michael Porter Jr. 3 or it's him cleaning up the offensive rebound himself like he had one I think against Charlotte where he came from out of the frame with one hand it's just pure determination there's no like it's not like oh my gosh look at um the way that Christian Brown fights for positioning, like a Dennis Rodman type or Ben Wallace or something. Like, no, it's just sheer will. He's just refusing to let you do uh, what... He's not going to stay boxed out. He's going to fight you on every possession, and um, you love to see it. Uh, I have this note. Vlatko tries to take off like Dr. J did over Michael Cooper. LOL (laughs) WTF. Vlatko, this dude is on one, man. He's so long. His length is actually... um, not not given enough like not credit but it's not uh, talked enough about an attribute he's 6 foot 8 his wingspan has to be 7 feet and we we saw him take off from uh, uh basically the free throw line Um, probably a month ago and that got everyone fired up and he's just tried to like he's tried a couple dunks that like you would at like the park on like a low hoop and you know when you take off it's probably not going to work but you're still going to get some oohs and ahs that you tried it that's kind of what some of these Flotko um, dunk attempts feels like uh, I thought Luca, especially in that first quarter, was special. He put up 17 points in the first 12 minutes. That dude, more than any observation that I have about Luca, and obviously I've watched him a ton, just like you have, this dude just is the ultimate play-at-my-own-pace guy. He is, he is just going to get to his spot. Almost like, you know who was like slow like this, but always just found a way to get to his spot was Paul Pierce. Um, and Melo to a lesser degree because Melo was never some insane like athlete um, from an explosive standpoint. Anyway, like Luca doesn't move in slow motion, but like he just throttles down to it. Like the way that he shifts gears is so unusual. Like when you think of a guy who's shifty or a guy who shifts gears, you think of like just think of like a Bones Highland or. Um, you know, uh, whatever, like someone who shifts gears. Um, uh, uh, Ish Smith actually, like, can shift gears with the best of them, but it's, like, high-throttle stuff. It's like, whoa, he's like a water bug. Luka, much like Jokic, will actually be so deliberate in his movements. Like, he had a couple and ones on Wednesday night where he's just, like, letting you mistime him. He's letting you mistime him. So, like, he'll go into his... um his two-step gather, like you get two steps, right? That third one's a travel. He'll get to his first step, and then he'll slow down his second step to such a degree, it's almost like boxing someone that's left-handed. It's just a total different approach, and he gets these and ones by creating contact, and if you notice, like a lot of times, the defender will already be back down on the ground from jumping and trying to contest as he's going up. He's just screwing with you. He's screwing with the timing that you know from just like traditionally playing basketball, and he is so non-traditional in those uh, the, the the shifting of those gears. It's just so different. And I just I'm 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 a fan of him, and I'm a fan of his game, but. I know I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of the other side of my mouth, man, but he is just so dominant with the basketball. It just, it'd be like, I go to back to myself. Like if I was playing, like I wouldn't want to play pickup with that guy, let alone be a teammate. Now um, as amazing as he is. Maybe I would, cause it would lead to probably more wins and losses. Um, but uh it, it is a different it is a unique ball dominant style of basketball. But he's so freaking good. Like that's probably the best strategy um with with that current group group, especially when uh Kyrie Irving is, is not out there. Um how about the play from Thomas Bryant from Christian Brown? Uh the, the lob and he rolled to the basket on the left side, he catches it with one hand, the right hand, and finishes it over the head of Frank Nealakina And you should see me how I spelled. Neil Aquino, uh in my notes. It's hysterical. Talking about phonetically to a fault. Holy moly. Um, but yeah, he put it on his head. Man, I, I am bullish on this Thomas Bryant move. I continue to be. You know, we'll see what the Reggie Jackson fit is. I, I have less of an opinion on that than I do Thomas Bryant because I just don't know enough to like speak on it with conviction. Like this is really, really going to work or it's, this is not going to work. Like I just don't know yet. So it's going to be like an experimental um, phase for me personally. And looking forward to sharing some of those thoughts here um, after the break. Uh, as he, he has not played with the uh, Nuggets yet, he was on the bench and enthusiastic and stuff. And by the way, like that bench unit, just and, and and not that they haven't been this way, but I think since the bones trade, like I don't know, I'm probably looking too much into us to this, but God, they look like a freaking connected and excited and enthusiastic group just together. There's a couple different times last night where I'm just taking note of it, like. Those guys look like they're having fun. And what's not fun about, you know, being 41 and 18? So I got it, you know, um, like the most front runner would be having fun right now. But um, I, I don't know. I think that there's something, too, that we, that we can keep an eye on. But yeah, Reggie Jackson was, um, you know, up on his feet a million times uh, on Wednesday night. And, you know, he talked... Um, with Chris Dempsey at halftime, or they aired it at halftime anyway. And, you know, he just emphasized like what the Nuggets already have and said that the brand of basketball is uh, admirable. And he said everyone in the league would like to play this way, uh, but they can't. And he's a part of it, and I hope that he keeps that energy because Reggie sometimes can um, turn the volume up on Reggie just a little bit too much, you know, from an individual standpoint. I think his head is in the right place, but sometimes it doesn't translate the way that you would hope. Um so we'll see what it looks like. But Thomas but back to Thomas Bryant. Here he is in his second game, playing 14 minutes, three of five from the field, two of three from the line, finishes with eight points and five rebounds, and had great energy, especially um in the um as opportunistic offensive windows open his energy gets better cuz he wants to score like that's that's very obvious to me he wants to score and that's cool like you're trying to you're trying to mitigate and do damage control for those non jokic minutes and if 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 he's scoring it great um we'll see if they work him in with some more offensive stuff uh as he gets more comfortable and familiar with the personnel and just what they're trying to do um It does, it makes me wonder what he could be if defensively he had that same sort of energy that he does, like on an offensive rebound or an and one opportunity or, you know, trying to max out those offensive windows. What it could look like defensively if he had that same energy. But we haven't just, we haven't seen that version of of him yet uh, as a pro. So uh, we'll stay tuned on that. Uh, What else here? Two things from Jokic. Jokic had the up and under on Powell that beat the halftime buzzer um, and gave the Nuggets a 61 44 lead. When he gets determined like that, and we talked about this possession down the backstretch of the Miami game, when Jokic gets determined and he's just like, yo, I'm scoring here, and he just plays with force like MB does a lot, um, he is just impossible to beat. And I wonder what it could look like on a night-to-night basis basis if Jokic was wired more as a scorer. My guess is that instead of averaging a triple-double, I think he could average about 36 points a night maybe 38. I mean, I think he could be that dominant. I don't think that's hyperbole because of those possessions against Bam, because of those possessions against Powell. When the situation's just like, Oh crap, like we need a score right now. He almost always walks away with a bucket. Now I did think if I'm being candid with you, I did think he lifted the pivot foot. If you go watch the replay of that buzzer beater, when he kind of sort of steps through and scoops like under the almost armpit of Powell. Um, I did think he lifted the, 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 um, the foot, Whatever. Uh, A little bit of home cooking never hurt anyone. I also actually think... this is going to sound like an a, a anti Jokic take. I also think um, one of his, I think it was his ninth assist to Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown took two dribbles um, for like a pull-up jump shot. In my mind, as just a basketball person, I don't think you get an assist for that. Um, if you're taking multiple dribbles and going up into a, a jump shot, I just don't think you should get an assist for that. But that's either here nor there. It was a triple-double. Take it. There's been a lot of times where Jokic is that like one rebound short or one assist short, whatever. Uh, no biggie. Um, if Smith had it going, uh, from mid range, he finishes with eight points on four for seven shooting in 19 minutes, also had five rebounds and five assists. So in my mind, if you're Is Smith and you're playing 19 minutes, that's almost like a triple double for me. It's like a bench triple double eight, five and five. I don't know. That's just uh out of left field take, but I love the uh, mid range game from, from a Smith it almost reminds me like CP three light. Like he just catches that window. It's like, yeah, I'm getting, I can get this shot off uh, at my size. These guys are always worried about that. Like, so they get that space and he just sort of kicks the feet out just a little bit. Sometimes like CP, he reminded me of, um, uh, of Chris Paul uh, shooting from mid range and he was, he was good. He had a good night. uh, Did Ish Smith. How many points did the bench have in general? Okay. Now we got to get the calculator out because this is two straight games. Now we've talked about the bench being uh, better than advertised. So Jeff Green, I thought, played maybe his best game of the year. Jeff was really struggling, missed a bunch of times, a uh, time with a, a hand injury. And it was so nice to see him out there producing and hitting a couple threes. And I remember it's coming back to me now that when I saw the bench, maybe the most excited they were was when Jeff Green made his first three pointer. And you see how beloved he is uh in that locker room um and he had really been struggling uh from 3 these are his last um call it 10 games 0 for 1 this just from 3 0 for 1 0 for 0 0 for 1 0 for 5 1 for 2 0 for 2 0 for 3 0 for 1 and he finally makes two um two three pointers uh and he had the the one in the corner that just again everyone was just excited for him and you love to see it. But he played great, finishes with twenty four points. He had a real impact on the game and um he was into it. Just like from a focused st- and energy standpoint, um that meant something to him for whatever reason. I don't know, but he was the best version of himself uh, on Wednesday night in the twenty six minutes uh that he played and a big block too. But both both MPJ and uh, Michael Porter Jr. When I was talking about Michael Porter Jr., like from an athletic standpoint and rounding into shape, put the defense in that conversation too. That was That's an omission by me uh, earlier in, in this podcast. Like, who he is the best. He's probably never going to be some great defender, but we're seeing the best version of what he can be and he's capable of right now on that side of the floor. Uh, and he had two big, big-time blocks down the back stretch of that game. Uh, Jeff Green had one as well. So uh, props uh, to, um, to Jeff Green. Okay, what else here? Oh, the assist. 30 assists for the 30th time this season. That's a 30 for 30 right there. And what's their record when they hit 30 assists? 26 and 3. And now uh, 27 and 3. So, awesome. Um, Real quick, uh, if you watched the... um, If you watched the... uh, Post game, like I did with michael Malone um, he he had a quote, I think it was about teams beating teams that are above five hundred of winning teams and I, I pulled up that record. The nuggets are now so so the old narrative was like yeah the, the nuggets will lose to, to to the worst teams. Their record against teams below five hundred is twenty two and eight. No other team in the Western Conference has more than uh the Denver Nuggets in fact. Only the Sixers and Cavs. Oh, and let me throw in Brooklyn too. So Philly, Cleveland, and Brooklyn have one more win against teams below 500. But then when you look at the records against teams above 500, guys, the Nuggets are 19 and 10 now against teams above 500. So if you're looking at three winning teams in front of you, on average, the Nuggets are going to beat two of them. And no one in the West has more wins against teams above 500 than Denver with the with those 19. And in the whole NBA, only Milwaukee and Boston uh, have more wins against winning teams. So I thought that was significant. Um, it was Jeff Green and Michael Porter Jr. who both got the defensive chain. I think that's stupid. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. If you're going to do something as hokey over the course of an 82 game season to give an actual defensive chain out for the defensive player of the game. Again, it's already a little bit like sticky, um, but it's fine. Whatever. You just can't give it to two guys. Okay. So like if you're doing the chain, just freaking pick one guy and then tell the other guy he did great. Can't split the defensive player of the game chain. In my opinion. What's my opinion count for? Not much. Uh, he talked about, Malone talked about loving Thomas Bryant's energy, uh, thinks he'll be a great fit in Denver. I agree, even if it's on a rental basis um, for this season as he's playing on a vet minimum contract. Um, and then Michael, Michael Malone brought attention to Michael Porter Jr. attacking off the dribble, finishing at the rim, improvements on defense. We've talked about uh, each of those dynamics uh, in the improved nature of Michael Porter Jr., um, and that was it that was that was all I kind of took away uh, from the presser his voice was almost gone Michael Malone's was and now he's going to have to go coach the All-Star game uh, and he sort of ended the, the press conference with I wish KCP was coming to Salt Lake City with me I wish Aaron Gordon was coming to Salt Lake City with me I wish Jamal was coming to Salt Lake City with me and I wish I wasn't going to Salt Lake which again there's some truth in that but that's more of a lie yeah, come on like come on you're, you're you're going to coach the all-star game. I know it's not his first time, but still, that's a cool freaking thing and uh and and he knows it, but he's having some fun with it. And I'm here for it. Okay. There we go. First half of the season went as best as it possibly could. Yeah, ing- injuries here or there. I'm not going to overreact to the Jamal thing. I'm going to assume that he's going to be okay uh after the break, but 41 and 18, number 1 seed in the West, 5 games ahead of the 2 seed. That's the largest guys that's the largest separation of any two team slotting in the entire Western Conference playoff picture is the gap between number 1 and number 2. That is pretty cool. But there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. And this team, it feels like has to get to the NBA Finals to validate this season. And they have all the goods to do it and now there's 23 games left. And see how this second half finishes, or not second half, last third of it, uh, whatever it is, how it finishes. But very fun times. And I've had a blast coming on this podcast and talking about this team with you. And I really appreciate you being here with me. I say this oftentimes at the end of an episode. Can you tell a friend? Can you, like, this is free, right? Like, can you rate it? Subscribe to it? Um, that means a great deal to me. Uh, in addition to your listenership that's the best way to grow this podcast is uh just the the grassroots uh old fashioned way of just if you think i do a good job tell a friend give me 5 stars on spotify um you know denversports.com um apple I, uh, uh tunes like we're we're everywhere so okay have a good couple of days off maybe we're coming back and we're talking about how jokic won the mvp of the all star game unlikely unlikely we'll leave it there for now guys be good we'll talk to you after the all-star break right here on the mile high hoops podcast thank you for tuning into the mile high hoops podcast powered by superbook sports until next time